A long-discussed plan to build a skate park under the west end of the steel bridge is finally moving forward with $15 million in city funding, which is great news because the only other free outdoor cover skate spot in the city, the iconic Burnside Skate Park, is getting torn down once the Burnside Bridge's seismic rebuild starts in a few years. And none of this would have happened without the support of Portland's grassroots skateboarding community. So today on CityCast Portland, we're revisiting a conversation I had with Sarah Campos of Queer Skate PDX, where she made the case for Portland needing more inclusive skating spaces that are open and free for everyone. It's Monday, January 8th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. What makes a good skate spot, in your opinion? Like, what are you looking for? I think there are a couple of things, definitely like the obstacle aspect and then the people aspect. And so uh, when it comes to people, vibes for sure, in terms of just like knowing that people are kind of having fun, just um, letting loose and just making sure that they're just kind of doing what they feel comfortable with and that they want to do and then are welcoming. And then in terms of an obstacle um, or a skate spot, I like the grungy, crunchy vibe, but also like I want it to be comfortable enough that like I'm not going to be skating up and then suddenly I bail because I hit like the smallest crack that just so happened to be before um, a transition or an obstacle. Um, So like cleanliness or at least just good structure. Gotcha. You know, uh, even with Portland being as rainy as it is, We've still been called the skate capital of the world because of the amount of influence our scene has had uh, on the skateboarding industry. I mean, like the Burnside Bridge Skate Park is even prominently featured in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. You know, how do you think the skate scene is holding up now from your point of view? I honestly would say that it's doing great and growing even more. Um, I think one thing that COVID showed us is that there is such a heavy presence of non-skateboarders as well within the Portland skate community. And I think the solid thing about what makes us that skate capital and that influence is now like we have not only just a lot of parks in general that we can access, um, but these spaces that are already existing are just kind of opening the doors for others to come join. Um, and I think the influence in terms of just like the representation of all of the types of wheels and like people there um, is definitely like kind of like holding up that like it makes it kind of a community hub to come enjoy skating and skating with people. Could you go into that a little bit? Because you said all types of wheels and I know what you're saying, but for someone who who when they hear skate skating, they just think of a skateboard. What are you saying, Sarah? For sure. Yeah. So when I say all wheels, um, I mean, not only just skateboards, but there are quad skaters, um, there are inline skaters. And then also something that I've seen a lot more recently is there's this uh, really cool um, wheelchairs CMX um, or WCMX uh, person. So it's like wheelchair motocross, essentially. Um, And so, you know, like that's a completely different type of wheel that we don't see, um, but also need access to skate spaces to be able to skate. Oh, wow. I just Googled it because I'm like, what are you talking? I could imagine it, but I, you know, I wanted to see the actual setup and that looks so cool. It's super, it's super (laughs) awesome. Someone was shredding at the courts um, at the More Than Rolling from Zoomies event this last weekend. And um, they're, they're super cool. And for those who are just like, what, what what is that? It's wheelchair athletes performing tricks that it's adapted from skateboarding. um, And their wheelchairs also look really cool. (laughs) The spokes are, I mean, they just like, it's just not, it's not just a regular wheelchair. It looks pretty badass. Just to, just to decide, Sarah, I've noticed that people are stepping away from rollerblade. Like, they're no longer saying rollerblading. They're saying inline skates. Do you think it's because 
rollerblading got so much like hate and <laughs> people are just like <laughs> they're like no no I don't rollerblade that's dorky I inline skate like what do, what do you think it is for sure I think um I would say it's like preference there is like obviously a lot of animosity from like culture in the past in terms of like uh rollerblading and then I think um I kind of say inline skating because the type of inline skates that you would need to use at a skate park are called aggressive inline skates um, versus like there's other types of roller skates where you can use it like in the street or if you're just trying to um, there's there I mean man there's just so many types but uh, definitely like aggressive inline skating is the the one I would say kind of made me use it. Gotcha. So it's it's spe- it's speaking directly about uh, a type of equipment like a type of gear that you would be using. Yeah, like for the skate park, for sure. You know, you've been doing a lot of organizing to create more inclusive skating spaces for all wheels in Portland. For example, the courts on the PSU campus. In a way, this spot is kind of continuing in the skateboarding scene's grand tradition of creating these DIY spaces uh, for skating. Tell us about how that came together. Like, why is it so special? For disclaimer, I'm not somebody who personally organized the courts and kind of got that project starting. Um, I believe that like the space itself was just an abandoned tennis courts that were just kind of there empty. Um, and then I want to say it was in 2020 when I heard about it, where there was just kind of like the way it started from what it seems like was just people talked about it where there was just like a couple of obstacles, um, whether it was like a box or a quarter pipe or um, a rail that was just like placed there that never left. Um, that's how I started hearing about it. And then um it kind of spread through like word of mouth, I would say. Um, and people would just started bringing stuff out. Like they realized that if it wasn't being taken, that it was kind of just one of those spots where like, Hey, like no one's destroying it. Right. No one's removing it. So it's kind of skatable right now. And so um, it just kind of built with the community, just realizing like, Oh, cool. We have a, a spot that's super accessible. It's downtown. It's right on PSU's campus. So a lot of like students can access it if they needed to. Um, it's near a bunch of spots to like eat food at and stuff. And so it just came like a really um, central location for tons of people to be able to access. I love that it came together through the pandemic because I, I guess a lot of people weren't playing. Where It's on the tennis courts, right? Yeah, I think it was abandoned beforehand, but I think during uh, COVID, they really noticed that it was just like just an empty lot. Like there's just nothing there. Even the parking lot wasn't really being utilized. So it was like, okay, what if, what, if, what would we do if we put something here? <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, more on Portland skating with Sarah Campos. Uh, I heard that you, you're also part of a, of a coalition that's working with City Hall to get uh, the Steel Bridge Skate Park off the ground. Uh, so it, it would be covered is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So there's going to be like parts of it where it is um, covered. And then the coolest thing is that it'll be there also be lights. So it should have light access 24 hours. Um, and then it should also uh, be covered so that during the weathered seasons, um, people can still access it without having to worry too much. Cool. Is this also a pretty good spot? Like, do you think it's accessible and central for anyone who wants to use it? Definitely, for sure. I would say that, like, if you kind of look a lot to where some of the existing skate parks are, they're not really on that downtown side of the river. Um, They are more on 
I would say it was the east end of the Willamette. And so they're calling it kind of in southeast, northeast a lot. Um, and so you can kind of access them through the neighborhoods. But the cool thing about Steel Bridge is it's a solid space, like right in downtown. And then it's going to be accessible um, through many kind of transit lines and bike trails. And, you know, Portland being such a big like bike city as well. Um, I And like public transit city as well. It is going to be super cool for people to just kind of like boom, they're like off the bus and suddenly they can like be in front of a skate park. <laughs> right, right. You know, I've heard about the Steel Bridge skate park uh, plan for, for years now. Do you get asked this question? Like, why does Portland need another skate park? Because we do, we have so many. I feel like every neighborhood has a skate park, which is amazing. It's totally amazing. Um, but wh- what would you say to those who are just like another skate park? Why? You know, um, I think one, there's a, like a couple ways you can kind of frame it and think about it. Um, one thing to look at is we have tons of skate parks, but none of them are really covered. Um, and so when you think about the weather for you know six to eight months out of the year, we don't have um, any covered spaces. And so then people result in having to skate in dangerous spaces like parking garages where there's potential of getting like in accidents um, or kind of hitting other people's like property and things. And so um, with the Steel Bridge skate park to have a skate park that not only has lights at when it's dark out for people in those like weather seasons um, to still have a skate space to go to. And then also like for it to be covered so that people have access to that. It keeps something that is like a tool for people's mental health and just like activities and happiness um, going for six to eight months where it normally would just like dissipate and kind of not exist. Um, And then also like skating is a sport that's growing. um, And even though we have a lot of parks um, as the sport grows, we will also outgrow those spaces. And so the more spaces that we build to as, to allow for people to access it during the winter and fall time. And just in general, the more that we'll have like better spaces to fulfill the needs of our community, essentially. Right. Right. And you said that this proposed skate park might be one of the only covered uh, skate parks. I know that the Burnside bridge is definitely also covered. I mean, that's the big, uh, yeah. Feature of, of that park. Um, But I also know that it, it it may not feel as inclusive as other parks. Cause I, I mean, it doesn't seem like that's a park where like uh, someone who's learning would just drop in and be like, oh, hey, I'm just going to hang out, here, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, have you skated at the Burnside uh, skate park? I have gone and hung out, but I have not <laughs> personally skated the Burnside skate park, def- mostly because um, I think one of the bigger things, like you said, not inclusive is uh, it's just a skate park, a skateboard only skate park. Um, and so it's not most welcoming for non-skateboard wheels, essentially. Um, and then also just like the history and culture that goes behind it is very like, um, it's just full of shredders and people who like rip really hard. And so when you're a newer skater, um, it can be really intimidating to kind of be there where people are like launching over stuff, going super fast, doing crazy tricks. Um, and you kind of have to like navigate that while you're still learning. Um, but it is covered, which is super sick. Just wanted to ask because I'm sure people are like, well, that's covered. But it's like a lot of people don't know that it's like, yeah, but it's like for shredders only. <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah. not for just like I'm 12 and I have a skateboard. And again, it's all only for skateboarders. Like you try to bring in like anything else out there and you're just going to get, you know, not politely booted. For sure. And I've seen I've seen it happen. It's definitely <laughs> happened where people have gotten there and they haven't gotten booted and they're like on quad skates or not quad skates or, you know, bikes, whatever. Um, and so... It really, it's definitely hit and miss, I would say. So where are you in the process or where's your team in the process with the city and getting the Steel Bridge Skate Park 
uh, off the ground. Like, where are where, I'm like, where are we in these conversations? Like, I'm part of it now. Where are we going? What's happening? Yeah. Um, so right now, the conversations have kind of just dissipated a little bit right now with summer going on. But right when summer is over, City Hall is going to be kind of ramping up these conversations again to uh, specifically about steel bridge for sure. And then also we are in the process of trying to just get people involved and in making it known to city hall that they want a new park and that they want steel bridge to be the new park because it's going to have, um, just like more accessibility. And then also just like all of the, the cool features it's expected to have in the plans. Um, and so if people are just like going to city hall, saying what's up in public testimonies, um, going to their local representatives and asking for new parks and specifically Steelbridge Skate Park. Um, and then for those who are like interested in getting involved, they can hit us up on Instagram um, and kind of to express interest in joining our steering community to kind of meet with our city representatives on a like one-to-one level um, and join these conversations as well. Awesome. Uh, what's your Instagram? It's Steelbridge underscore... I almost said underline, underscore, <laughs> skate park, underscore coalition on Instagram, I believe. Cool. Well, I'm really excited about a po- the possibility of a new skate park. I live in St. John's. I love our skate park. I I love, I don't know if you've been there, but like uh, that like 360 uh, cement uh, tunnel. Have you been there? Oh, the, yeah, the at Pier Park, the, the full pipe. It's super gnarly. Yeah. It's so cool. But it's, but once it rains, it's just a, a nice little pond, you know? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like the pool is filled, basically. Yeah, you go swimming yeah. if you want it. <laughs> exactly. So I'm assuming that it would be something that's sorely needed in in your community. You know, what would it mean? I mean, like, I'm assuming it's going to be awesome. But like, what do you think the spot means? Like, if someone's like, yeah, what, what, what would this mean to your community? What would you say? For sure. Um, I think... Uh, one cool thing is like the Steel Bridge skate park in the plans. It's going to be, I believe, the largest skate park that Portland would have. Um, so right now, I can't remember which skate park it is. I don't know if it's Glen Haven or Pier Park, but one of those two, I think, is like in terms of square footage, the largest size. Um, and so Steel Bridge would be significantly larger than that, which is really cool. And so it just allows for way more space for people. Um, I think the other cool thing is that it really has obstacles um, for every level. And the the thing that I really enjoyed when I saw the plans for it and like the design for it and, and the concept was that it really integrates the community that isn't skating. So like there's places for you to sit. There's greenery. You can be there. There's walls that are like for murals and like artwork that would be introduced, which is also like really big in skate culture um, in terms of just getting creativity out um, and allowing people to be involved in that way. Um, And then also just kind of showing like the community, like, Hey, skaters are just having fun. Like this is a family centered place. This is a place for people to come do their community organizing or just come hang out with their friends or families that want to like get their kids into action sports or just show them what action sports can look like. There's like seating and stuff. And so um, for the community, it's like a solid place to really bring all aspects and perspectives into one place to enjoy something, even if they're not on a board or on skates. Um, And then I think the other thing is because it would be the size that it is, um, it opens a lot of room to kind of have like another thing for that draws people to that part of Portland. So the downtown-ish area is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, let's get people into downtown and like, let's get people in this like space that's very community centric. Oh, that's great. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. Thanks for the work that you're doing. Uh, I'm excited to see the Steelbridge Skate Park pan out. Cool. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm, I'm excited to just talk about skate spaces and be able to get the word out.
That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please share it with a friend, rate, or leave us a good review. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.